0: Hi there, beautiful soul. So another podcast, it's the beginning of June, another podcast about chronic illness recovery, especially uh, ME-CFS or similar conditions uh, that I work with, Um, for example, fibromyalgia, chronic pain, those kind of things. So um, yeah, it's been another month. Uh, For me, it's kind of a crazy month. Things are growing rapidly. The recovery program uh, is having more people following it. There even is a Facebook support group nowadays. Which, what I think, is pretty pretty helpful, uh, going in the right direction. It's not one of those toxic groups where uh, people fall into these negative pits and, and, and support each other to feel to feel bad. So I think it's it's very it's very very uh, it's a very good thing to to have this uh, Facebook support group. And on the alignment recovery program, I've been working for the past month to make it more practical with meditations and different exercises. And as some of you point out, the word exercise, I find it so hard to write. I'm always doing it wrong. And then you can tell me how to write it, but then I make the same mistake again. (laughs) So before we uh, continue with this podcast, where I also will talk a little bit about my vision and how it's progressing and how I'm helping people in coachings, Make sure you're somewhere comfortable. Uh, It's not, it's not about a meditation, of course, but make sure you don't use this as well to be agitated and to distract yourself and to really go fast through this to find the magic cure. Um, It's not something like that. So take a deep breath. (sighs) And let it all out at once. Doing those kind of breathing things helps you to tense up and then the opposite is more possible. The opposite is then calling down and relaxing yourself. A lot of people with a chronic disease are chronically wired as well. Maybe it has something to do with each other. So being wired and tired uh, is the opposite of uh, being relaxed, being in a calm state, um, being in the rest and digest mode of the nervous system. And going into what I call no man's land. After rest and digest, you can be wired. You can be wired for years. And then certainly there comes a point where it's almost impossible and you can start to relax a little bit. And then you get so tired that you think, oh my God, I thought I was resting. But now things are getting worse. I can't even get out of bed and I'm sleeping 24 hours a day. Almost, hopefully. Hopefully. And, um, yeah, well, no man's land is a good place to stay in. Uh, it's really resting on a deeper level, really recovering. So, uh, if you can listen to this in sort of a no man's land state then, or in a reintegration phase, great. So I've been talking in the, the recent YouTube movies, uh, a little bit about my vision, on chronic fatigue syndrome, how it goes in ups and downs. And why I think that those downs are actually very helpful because something has been triggered, something that was already inside of us, giving us sometimes a delayed effect uh, to increase symptoms in our body. And if we can find out what the reason was behind a setback or a relapse or a bad week, then we can try to find the stressor inside of you, uh, release the stress and make you go quickly. And fast back to go back to uh, to an up or a good week uh, or a good period where you are more quiet of course more peaceful uh, enjoying life much much more which is also something that I really learned during recovery to enjoy life and I think enjoying life is probably the reason why we're here right Uh, otherwise what is the point here but in all my coaching sessions and in all the people that I've spoken to, almost no nobody really knows what it is to enjoy life. You, you can ask them questions like, what is it? And they all think like, well, I am enjoying myself when this and, this and this and this and this and this and this condition is in place. But having a chronic disease is questioning those beliefs. Because those people who think they can be happy if... Everything is in place are never happy because the things are never in place, and the most happy people in life are probably the people that live in slums and poor areas of the planet. So obviously, this belief system that things need to be in place in order to be happy doesn't work. Uh, It's not valid. It's not true. It's just a just a lie, and our mind can fool us uh, all of the time. For example, uh, if you look in those i think it's sort of a poll where they are trying to see based on people's answers who or which nationality is the happiest nationality on the planet and then um the dutch my nationality is always uh, one of the highest um, ha- on the scale the, the most happy people are the dutch people according to the dutch themselves but I think they're just fooling themselves. <laughs> like, yes, I'm happy because I should be happy. Or they don't want to look at their unhappiness. But actually, the Dutch is one of the most unhappy people I've ever met. Um, yeah, but they are very really good at fooling themselves what it, what it is to be happy. So if you're fooling yourself to be happy and I want you to be in a joyful state, then you probably obviously can't do it. So, I'm teaching as well in the alignment recovery program that you can do f- uh, for free a little bit the principles and the foundations of joy and happiness and flow, like what it really is and how simple it actually can be. So, we can create an up in your recovery. But in that up, in that positive state, in that joyful state of a sign of mind, you can be triggered because stuff can come up. And I think that's what the reason behind the chronic disease in the first place because you are ready to leave things behind some stressors that are inside of you can come out now and they come out when they get triggered. So first of all, your body thinks you're ready, ready to release them probably because you left survival mode. And then secondly, something happens that trigger these kinds of, uh, of, of triggers of, of stressors could be, it uh, could be almost everything. But usually we, we see that it is more emotionally and mentally. But then, because there is still so much um, unconscious resistance towards these kind of stressors, the body creates symptoms. And this can be in a delayed effect. Um, I've spoken to a man uh, last week who had a 72-hour delay after exercise. Like, that's a lot. And I think back at the time, I had a 12 up to 24 hour delay of symptoms after exercise. And I've been really looking for the reason behind the delay, because that was something that I did not really grasp yet. Why is there a delay between activity and symptoms? And I think I've gotten I've gotten the answer, but of course it can't be scientific, because there is nothing out there that even researches this phenomenon. It's just... Given uh, it's just well, there are a lot of assumptions, of course, like with everything in the medical world, and because they don't have a medicine for it, they are not really keen to to research on this. Although there are obviously a small group of people that are trying to raise some awareness and do some research, and they were trying to raise money. So if you are, if you have a lot of money left, then you can spend it on those those people. Or you can help me with my recovery program because everything I do is based on donations. Because what I was looking, when I was looking into the research, I, I, I have the feeling that they don't really understand where to start. And they see, it, they host, they see the body and, 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 and diseases a little bit like the people did in the late 1800s very mechanical way, not really understanding the body-mind, not really understanding emotions and the mental body and the spiritual body, but just focusing themselves on this physical body, the physical realm that is, in my opinion, the delayed version of all the other bodies. And can I prove physically that the mental world exists? No, I can't. Can I um, prove physically, in this physical realm, that an emotional body exists? No, I can't. But still, I think we have to be open-minded that there are all kinds of bodies. And I'm focusing on these four. I think these are the four main ones. And the physical body is, in my opinion, just a representation of all these bodies. And we need to detox not just the body from physical stressors, but the mental stressors and the emotional stressors and the spiritual stressors needs to be released as well. So in my my program I'm actually taking you taking taking this into account and taking this uh, taking this with me. And it's not always obvious what I'm doing, of course, because if people would understand what I'm going to talk about and what I'm trying to do in the recovery program, where well they, they will never they will never follow, I think. <laughs> Who wants to do really deep healing? Almost nobody. Even if you're like 10, 20 or 30 years sick, who wants to do the hard, difficult inner work? Almost nobody. So instead, if, when someone recovery recovers, let's say from a mind-body technique, or let's say from neuroplasticity, then we all want to do these two things. Just two things, we wanna do them. And the demand of those two things is crazy, and you can get very rich, just like you can get very rich with uh, supplements. I think my ideal way of getting rich would be to buy these empty shells and supplements, go to some place, a volcano or something, put the soil in there and sell them uh, as magic somethings to make people uh, pay hundreds of euros to swallow some piece of the soil. I can't do, I don't do anything, I don't hurt people with it, only financially. And sometimes I feel like, uh, although there is a little bit more to it, of course, in the supplement industry, that it is sort of the exact same principle that they're working with. The same counts for all the diets. Oh man, please, stop with all your diets. Like, really, I can't listen to it anymore. People come to me, they, they tell me I did everything. I, whoa, I think, whoa, that's a lot. Yeah, I've gotten rid of all my carbohydrates, I've gotten rid of, uh, of eggs and i've got I've, I've been taking these smoothies in the morning and I'm like that's not everything that's that's a lot of rigidity projected on your diet and i'm thinking that you got some form of control whereas the reality is that you've lost all control so no it can give you back some some con- some feeling of control but it doesn't give you health and it doesn't give you long-term results a feeling of control can be can be quite interesting can be quite helpful but yeah in the long run a feeling of control is just a feeling of control and you can fool yourself as much as you want but it's not gonna help and then there are the people who say it did help for them but my question is always what else did you do what was there between this rigidity maybe you had 20% of the time to do actually some real deep inner healing and maybe the, the 80% rigidity that you did was just enabling you to do the 20% and in the 20% you healed so you actually healed despite your rigidity but yeah that is not uh, information that people would love to hear and it's very it's, it's also not very profitable information because selling quick fixes can make you rich And selling the truth, it will make you poor. So, yeah, that's why I do it based on the nations. And if people are having results with it, then I'd like them to stop buying all that shit and really focus on their healing. Because despite me giving out like maybe 20,000 euros to recovery, all my savings i actually recovered for free completely for free but it took some effort to do the work that was needed and to really understand everything because understanding mecfs and fibromyalgia is crucial and in the beginning of for me having chronic fatigue syndrome i started to believe the spoonie theory have you ever heard of this theory the spoonie theory tells you that your energy is sort of represented by spoons and you only have like 10 spoons or 11 spoons a day so you should be very careful with your energy. That's what I believed. And now I know it's a complete lie. And I'm not going to tell you that you don't have that you have a lot of energy, but there is a bit more to the story than just that. Because already you can see that some things will drain you and some things won't. So how can it be that you somehow have 15 spoons and some days have only five spoons? What's the logical explanation behind that? And then in the past, I made it in my mind the way that I went over, I, I went over my limits. I had to pay the price. And after my recovery, I had one spoon less. That's what, what I believed. And it, it felt like that as well, that at a certain time, I only had three or four spoons left and all I could do was being in bed but then the more I extracted myself out of life and put me in a safe environment the more unsafe the physical world became and the physical activities that I could do became so even going to the bathroom was a very big stressor and these type of activities then to go to the bathroom or to go to the garden and to use my legs because my muscles were so weak I had the muscles of, uh, of, a, of a dead body, I think. Then those activities can trigger, again, hidden stressors. Hidden stressors that we are having inside of ourselves. And after a delayed effect, this can come up. So if I'm, for example, fearful about my symptoms or f- angry for my situation, this fear and this anger can trigger fear and anger inside of me. And when that anger comes up, maybe in a delayed version, maybe 12 hours, maybe up to 72 hours, then I can have the effects. And we can call that a crash from overdoing yourself. But I don't think that is the case. And that's why I also emphasize on keep doing things, keep being alive. Don't completely withdraw yourself from life and spend all your time in bed. Because from that position, life is going to be so unsafe and everything, no matter what you will do, let it be just eating or let it be just laying, will trigger something inside of you. And I do like the ups and downs from recovery because that's what I work with. I want to sometimes create a down. I want to to look for the stressor inside of you so that you don't have to be triggered by an event, so that you... Get rid of the idea of the notion that the activity causes the relapse or the setback or the crash, which is really not the case. It is the stressor. And if your comfort zone is still big enough to go to the bathroom, to go to the supermarket, to cook your meals, then you're safe in that in that small world, which is already quite small. But if your safe zone is only being in bed and not using your muscles, then everything will be Intense, plus your muscles will be extremely weak. And you might not uh, really be uh, powerful or, uh, enough to process the uh, the muscle aches that you can get just from walking the stairs once. Because you're in a state of extreme weakness. And yes, the symptoms can be capricious, can be severe. But in my understanding, these first line of symptoms are always having to do with stressors that come up inside of you mostly emotional then after that you can be very stressed you can be very wired and there can become secondary stressors third kinds of stressors fourth kinds of stressors fifth kind of stressors stressors and what we're what we're in then is sort of we're in a mess we don't know where we are we don't know what it is. It's just one big giant feel feeling of overwhelming fatigue and feeling like shit. Yeah, and if you're in that position, then you might even be triggered by me telling you this. Because I don't think that your energy is limited. I, I do think that your stress ability is limited. And that is because people are ready to let go of the internal stressors. That's what your body decided for you or your soul or your mental body. You are ready to leave the stress behind and therefore there is no space for new stressors. But there is space in your life right now to release the stressors. And the, um, the phase that people had before they got sick was usually already a calming down phase. And if you've been in survival mode like me, I've been I think completely in survival mode for over 15 years. And at my when I was 30 years old, I started to relax. I started to arrive in a safe position, a safe place in my life. I had enough money, enough food. I was sort of all right. And that caused me to release the stress when I was ready. And that then led to chronic fatigue syndrome. Because in the beginning, I really thought, I really listened to the people that convinced me of the Spoonie theory. And I think that that theory, if we can get rid of that belief system, will help everybody with chronic fatigue syndrome or fibromyalgia or whatever type you're uh, identifying with. People use Lyme as well. If that is what you are trying to get rid of, the notion of the Spoonie theory, then it will give you a whole different, much better foundation for you to be in in your healing phase. Because if the body wants to let go of stressors after a relatively calm space, that means that you are you've entered a healing space in your life. That's just what it is. And healing is then... Getting rid of all the stressors inside of you, inside of your different bodies, the mental body in the form of beliefs, which shape your reality, of course, shape your behavior. And you can get rid of um, emotional stuff that is related to this. Spiritual stuff, like looking at your purpose and and the way you deal with yourself, for example. Physical stressors that always represent these kind of things. And in the physical realm, you also have like behavioral patterns and the people in your life. And a lot of these things just have to go. And maybe it's everything. Because if you identified with a person you were in survival mode, that that wasn't really you in the first place, right? That was just a version of you, you that you created to survive. But all it did was to make things worse. Because every stressor there was, was just being swallowed. Because survival was your priority. And an, an animal in the, in the animal kingdom has a much better understanding, or, well, it's pro- probably more intuitive. When it's being attacked, it goes into a survival mode. And, as, and an attack usually lasts just a short while, maybe a few minutes or max. And after that, the animal lays down and it's going to shiver and shake it's going to shake the stress out of the body. And humans just go on with their lives pretending that nothing happened. But we can learn from the animals here. And one particular field that people have been interested in this phenomenon is called TRE, Tension Release Exercise, where you can do an exercise that makes you, uh, that, that, that strain your muscles a little bit to the point where you start shivering a little bit. And then the, the movements of shivering can become bigger where you really start to shake and then you can make your position more comfortable and your body can start to sh- shake and shiver for you, shake and, sh- and shiver all the stress out of you. And the stress is, of course, stored in your body, because where else can it be? Because the physical body and, and all the other bodies are just representations of each other. So what, you, what can happen is that you start sh- shivering and shaking. And then you start to cry because you let go of an emotional wound as well, an emotional stressor in your body. So it's something that I use as well in the recovery program. And there's been this woman who, well, I thought she was overdoing it a little bit, but she I think she, in my, in my um, belief system right now, or the way I looked at it, she was like shivering for like three or four months and she couldn't stop. And it helped her It helped her uh, a lot. She, she told me that she's not fully recovered. We don't speak each other uh, all the time. I think we've had like three sessions at the end of uh, 2021. But she is in a so much better place. And that's because she released lots of the stressors via this TRE. And I would like to focus myself as well becoming sort of a, an expert on this. Because I can do it and I can tell you some exercises to do, some positions, and, and but I'm not like an expert in this. So in the, uh, the seventh module of the uh, Alignment Recovery Program, I put a link to a free TRE course that you can do uh, beside of my course. And what you're basically doing is you are going to let all the triggers out which is also a very good point in the recovery program because in the 7th module, it is also about neuroplasticity, guiding yourself back to a calm place, calming down the nervous system. And after that, the 8th, the 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th module are about releasing all kinds of stressors that might pop up as well by uh, shaking, shivering, but also by having a calm mind and having this understanding of the ups and downs in recovery. And that those waves of recovery are actually good things. Because if you know what triggered something inside of you that caused you to, let's say, relapse, then you can find it in your body and work with it. And in the recovery program, I give you all the tools to deal with it. So I hope you can start doing this alignment recovery program and that you want to skip buying Uh, thousands for thousands and thousands of dollars and euros to all this recovery crap that you can buy and you can support me with that money to make it more practical make it easier so that I I can understand better and keep working in this to help people recover and one thing that I would really like to focus on in the coming weeks is to get rid of the spoonie theory because it just makes things worse. And then the question is as well, why is the delayed effect? And I've gotten the answer from a woman that I admire. And her name is Larisa, And in the last podcast, I also talked about her. She having, she's having the ability of clear vision and clear clear knowing. And she told me that the longer the time between the symptoms... And the stressor is the further repressed the stressor is in your body, and that started to make sense for me. And then the body is having, is having uh, symptoms, uh, let's say muscle weakness or um, lots of other symptoms. And well, it's it, I can't really generalize all the symptoms for everybody in this podcast, but there is a good reason. For symptoms to start in a particular spot in your body when you have pain, for example, or fatigue, there is a really good reason for that. And in coaching sessions, we can really see if we can analyze this and understand this. And as well, if you have got like lots of other complaints as well to that, there, there is this theory that I follow as well, Germanic um, new medicine, which also applies To chronic fatigue syndrome because well all holistic things are sort of pointing to the same to the same thing but there is a lot of knowledge in there about particular symptoms maybe not even related to ME-CFS or fibromyalgia that have always some sort of a root cause and if we know the root cause then we can help you with the disease or the symptoms and very often in the medical world, we believe that when someone has, for example, uh, muscle paralysis, this person is then diagnosed with ALS, for example, and given uh, an estimation of how much time they have to live. Imagine what kind of shock this does to your to your body. And it's really not helpful if a doctor tells you how much you have to live and any of those diagnostic labels. None of them are really helpful. Because, again, medical science doesn't go further to ask why. Why? They say, well, it's just like this. Your body doesn't do this anymore. It doesn't work properly anymore. This is the syndrome. This is the name of the, of this. There's nothing you can do. You're going to die in two years. Yes. But why is my body doing that? Plus, the shock from the diagnosis will create ...all kinds of stressors inside of your body... ...that will only make things worse. Therefore... ...it might sound extreme... ...I don't have any trust anymore... ...in these kind of... ...practices... ...and I w- I'm not really using... ...medical stuff at all. And I'm just... Tr- ...trust things... ...solely completely... ...on my body's health... ...and my body's ability to health... Because I think as soon as a doctor makes any diagnosis based on his limited knowledge, he's only trying to make things worse. Whereas, I don't, I can't really generalize this completely, of course, because with acute symptoms like a broken arm, broken leg, or a deep wound, then of course I think it is helpful. But even in those things, they, they want to put a tetanus shot inside of you, which is also very doubtful for me to, to believe all these virus theories when there has never been one virus isolated. Not one. Not even the Epstein-Barr virus that everybody thinks they're having. And in com- and, and the theory, where does it come from? Well, outside of myself, of course. I'm a victim. It's never been proven. It's never been proven yet. And they can inject some of the, the things that they label as a virus inside of your body and your body will have to cleanse itself from it so you might develop some symptoms and then they can say yeah well that was a weakened version of a virus which wasn't of course being totally isolated because that's never been done before so it's a whole lot of crap they can inject into you to your body and you get symptoms from cleaning yourself from all the garbage that they put in your body and it doesn't make you any healthier and it doesn't do anything for your health because you still don't understand what a virus is where it's coming from what is the role in your body and is it actually coming from outside or maybe it's coming from the inside. Maybe your body makes it yourself. Maybe it's actually doing you a favor. Maybe it's helping you in cleaning up all your stressors. Yes. Well, if we can say those things, then you already know what's going to happen to, to ourselves because there are people that studied medical science. And they disagree with you because they've learned something in a textbook, something that has not been proven at all. But it's a very nice, very beautiful assumption. But if we go to the realm of assumptions and think that you're a spoonie as well, I mean, we can talk ourselves into believing the most ridiculous kind of stories. You can fool the mind anytime. You can fool the, uh, the, the eyes anytime. And you can be like a magician making people focus on the wrong things and then suddenly they're healed because they just had a different belief in their in their body. So yeah, that's me rambling about medical science. <laughs> and then um, I wanted to as well focus in this podcast a little bit about big boys don't cry and big girls sacrifice themselves. And another belief system that we that we've gotten in childhood that is really not helping our health and maybe as well, a cause behind developing a chronic disease. So yes, big boys don't cry, they get sick and yes, good girls, they sacrifice themselves and they get sick. It's always important to get in contact with your body and your boundaries and with what you want in life and don't suppress your boundaries don't suppress your emotions for the man as well and maybe for the man the most manly thing that you can do is to cry to be in contact with your emotions because walking away from your emotions which is very often the cause behind chronic disease walking away from it and suppressing it is actually a a form of weakness because you have not really Uh, gotten the strength to deal with these stressors that are just boundaries, very innocent stressors that come from yourself to support you and to help yourself. And the same counts for the women as well. The strongest thing is a woman that is following her course in life and not self-sacrificing herself for men or for others. That's the most beautiful thing that you can do. And then people think, like, who's going to take care of the children? Well, then you obviously don't trust life. You obviously don't understand life. If this is the question that that you're asking, who's going to take care? Life is going to take care. And life will work through you, like it worked for millions of years on this planet before. And the only thing that's different now is that we've gotten into the way mentally, because we could not accept it. And why was that? Why did it happen? There's all kinds of stories about this, all kinds of theories. But it doesn't really matter. What matters is that we need to have trust in life. And need to have trust in ourselves as well, in our emotions. And big men don't cry. Or maybe big men and big boys cry like they're unafraid to go to their pain. And they just look at their pain look at the emotion they feel it through and then they open their eyes after the crying stopped and they tell me okay what's next what am I gonna feel now And I say okay this time I'm going to let you feel maybe the unworthiness that is the root foundation behind everything okay let it come let it come over me and I say you're gonna feel really bad and they say I'm strong enough to feel bad I'm ready that's what big man do and that's what big women do as well. Well, not big from size, but powerful, strong women. And powerful, strong men. And yes, the, the types of illnesses that we talk about, they are more common in women than in men. Because women are having more yin energy, more emotional. But it doesn't mean that it's purely female. And that the men are also... They also have lots of female aspects inside of themselves. Just like in me, I'm a man with a very big part, with a very big yin energy, maybe even bigger than the yang energy. But suppressing the yin energy made me go into a very destructive yang achieving guy, kind of guy. A kind of guy that was, of course, unhappy because of the disbalance and who tried to get his happiness in, in, in space or in time when all the right things that he came up with in his mind were in place. If I have enough money, if I have a car, if I have a beautiful wife, if I'm blah, 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 all kinds of nonsense. And we all know that the most happy people in this planet are the poor people. And we can learn from them. Not to become poor as well, but to share our richness with them, so that they can share their happiness with us so we can unite and unifying ourselves with each other not only internally because if we do it internally then the external world will do it the, just, just like that because the external world is a representation of their of our, of our inner world just like that the physical body is a representation of your spiritual body mental body emotional body and that there is always a delayed effect so things don't go that fast usually sometimes people have been ill emotionally mentally for 10 years just before their body catches up on being ill and they want to go back to that period where their body was still healthy but mentally they were already ill no there's no going back there is going through and I want to teach you the tools to go through the ups and downs of recovery, to learn all the things that you need to do, all the tools that that will help you. And if you start my recovery program, please don't buy anything off Amazon or another uh, type of supplement stuff or hundreds of different types of therapy at the same time. Just do one thing. And if it helps you after let's say a few months of doing the program, then you can support me back because I'm trying to make this movement bigger, the movement of awareness about what it is, about how to heal and that we should not be scared of this. And that both ME-CFS and fibromyalgia and chronic pain and Lyme and all these similar diseases are actually things that help us, things that make us ready to move in a place that we actually want from life. And when we get rid of the stressors, our mind becomes silence. We focus more on the here and now and the self. And i I think that's where beauty is as well. That's where your happiness is. That's where your joy is. And if you look me up on Spotify, um, I made a meditation called the "Here hear now self presence awareness, which allows you to, well, it helps you. I mean to become really present. And to really become in touch with your senses in the present moment right here right now that's where your happiness is but also that's where your stressors are and if you don't run away from them you can let them come up and after the stressor has come up you're silent again until there comes another point of a stressor that come up and if you that releases that again then you are in a good space so now you're not just a victim of the ups and downs you're actually surfing the wave of recovery. Isn't that beautiful? So let's make an end to the podcast. I think I ended beautifully. If you want to support me, then you can make a donation on my website, com. You can also follow the Alignment Recovery program there for free. It's also donation-based. You can follow my YouTube channel. You can... Uh, follow the meditations that I also put on my website and on Spotify and all these streaming platforms. And you can become a member of the Facebook group where we support each other in surfing uh, the recovery wave. And that will be really great to create a community of people who are consciously healing and not just being victims. I wish you all beautiful recovery. Thanks very much for listening. I enjoyed it again. Bye.